0: What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's BMW Championship. And we are looking to keep the momentum rolling because last week might have been the biggest week for the community since I remember doing this. I mean, I I, I was inundated with screenshots and messages. Everybody essentially had Dustin Johnson. So there was outright tickets all over the place. Uh, there were there were you know, DraftKings and FanDuel, even Yahoo! screenshots coming from all over the place. So um, I'm not going to go through each one. There is one uh, that I do want to call out because I think it's it's really important and I think it'll help everybody. So Joe Weaver sent a message and he turned his $220 into a hair over $11,000. And the reason I want to point this one out specifically is because he sent me a message of a screenshot where he won the $12 single entry, the Albatross on DraftKings. So he turned that $12 into $10,000. And what he mentioned was that he just watched uh, the video that I made last week on mistakes that people make in DFS, which I will link right here as well so that you can watch it. And one of the topics that I go through is contest selection. And he mentioned the lineup that won the single entry Albatross would have finished... and won only, you know, quote, only $250 in the $3.20 max. So a big difference there because of what contest he's choosing, the payout structure, all that good stuff. So I will link that video so that you can watch it. But I thought it was an opportunity to not only shout out Joe, but also use it as an educational tidbit uh, for everyone else so congratulations everyone it was hot fire last week we will look to continue it this week as well i do also have winners of the draw for a monthly subscription to rickrungood.com which oh by the way i'm going to be showing something brand new this week in the strokes game database might want to stay tuned for that very excited about it uh the winners from last week Uh, Hey brother, 1984, you've won a month subscription to rickrungood.com as well as Joe Raymondi. So I will reach out to you guys, get you all set up. If you would like to win a monthly subscription to the tools that you're going to see in this video, a lot of the success from the community coming from these tools, the Slack channel, everything else going on at rickrungood.com, uh, there are two ways to enter. If you are on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel, like this video, and tell me who's going to win the BMW Championship. That simple. If you are on iTunes, go leave a five star rating and review. Say something nice about the show and leave me your Twitter handle so that I can get in touch with you. Uh, I will link the description. I will link to the podcast. It is called Three Hundred Yards to Unknown. A lot of good content coming out there as well. We had Doc Redman on the show um, last week. So things are moving in the right direction. I hope you guys are enjoying. I guess that's it. Let's jump into BMW Championship down to the top 70 in the FedEx Cup standings. All right, let's start with the course and what we do and do not know about it. So I'll have to update the course key stats page. uh, But unfortunately, this is going to be the first time that we've seen olympia fields uh in a long time where we have the amount of data that we normally do has not been used on the pga tour since 2003 for the u.s open jim Furyk won that year also if you remember back to oh i don't know the 1925 pga championship walter Hagen won that i don't think we had shot link data back then though so that won't be very helpful um <clears throat> But what we do know, it's outside of Chicago. It'll play as a, a par 70. It'll be about 72-ish, 100 yards, waiting for the official scorecard to come out from the tour. But this is a familiar course for amateurs. Um, so so our, our very own EPAT, Eric Patterson, uh, had a great tweet from last night with some notable results. Uh, from the Illini Invitational, I believe that is an amateur event. So in 2018, Matthew Wolf won it. Colin Morikawa finished second, and Victor Hovland finished sixth. In 2017, both Wolf and Morikawa finished uh, in a tie for 13th. In 2016, Cam Champ won that event, and in 2015, Cam Champ won it. Uh, John Rahm finished in the top 10. Scotty Scheffler and Cam Champ. I'm sorry. Let me start that again. 2015 Maverick McNeely won it. That that is correct. Uh, John Rahm finished in the top 10 and then Champ and Scheffler finished in a tie for 22nd. So take that for what it's worth. Will it play the same as a PGA Tour event as it did as, as an amateur event? Of course not. Is it helpful that some of these guys have seen this course before? Sure. I actually do think that uh, a, a bit of leveling the playing field this week because really, you know, for the most part, nobody has seen it. And remember, we're down to 70 in the FedEx Cup standings with the top 30 moving on. That also means that um, it's a no cut event, so you're going to get four guaranteed rounds for this week, barring a DQ, barring a withdrawal, uh, anything like that. And, and these guys are going to get to play four rounds. And there's going to be that added wrinkle, right? The guys outside the top 30 might need to put their foot on the pedal a little bit if they want to try to make it eat to East Lake next week for the Tour Championship. So keep all of that in mind. Since there are a ton of variables for this week, this might be a really good time for me to show off a new feature on the Strokes Gain database. And I could—I didn't know what to name it, so I threw it up in the Slack chat. I said, you know, what would you even name this portion of the tool? Somebody replied with calling it the Holy Grail. I loved it. So I've called it the Holy Grail. And let me show you what it what it does. Here's the standard strokes gain database. You'll now see there is a button for the Holy Grail. If you take that, essentially what this is, is I'm giving you access to my entire strokes gain database and you can slice it and dice it any way that you want. I have a ton of different ways that you can do so. So looking forward to this week, what do we know about Olympia Fields? Well, we know it's a par 70. Let's start there. What what I'm going to be able to do... is filter all of the players on tour for their strokes gain averages based on my conditions here. So let's go with par 70 and you got to give it a second. Sometimes it'll sometimes depending on what you're asking it to do, it'll uh it'll take a bit. But let's go to par 70s and let's just go in the last 2 years and see who plays well on par 70s in the last 2 years. So let's do 2018 on mm-hmm. All right. So, and then I have your salaries in here. So you can see on par 70s alone, Rory McElroy averages 1.86 strokes gains per round. It's more than anybody else on tour in that period, or I guess I should say in this field in that period. Webb Simpson in second, Tiger Woods in third, Dustin Johnson. And here's a really unique one. Here might be one that's very interesting to you. Kevin Na. Kevin Na is averaging more strokes gained on par 70s in the last two years than Justin Thomas, than Xander Shoffley, than uh, Colin Morikawa. Obviously, he's a lot younger, but like it's interesting to see this. And I have the number of rounds here, right? I mean, Kevin Na's played 46 rounds on par 70s. It's more than Rory McIlroy's played on par 70s. Like it's a it's a really interesting way to kind of slice and dice up the data. Or maybe we want to clear this out and we want to just look at BMW championship history. Now, keep in mind, it's been played at different courses, but you can make some arguments that... Um, you know it's it's always the top 70 in the field it is a a no cut event you know we can we can make a case that you have to be peaking at the right time so if you look at just bmw championship history john rom leads the field in average strokes gained per round oh and then by the way daniel berger is second. Does this guy ever not show up on, on the top of a list somewhere? I mean, it's unbelievable what he's doing right now. So you can do this. What The way that I want to look at this right now is I want to look at since the restart. So I'm going to clear this out and I'm going to look at, um, <clears throat> I think June 8th was the date that we came back. So I'm just going to do it from June 1st, 2020. Let this thing filter itself out. And I'm going to see that Daniel Berger is the only golfer who has averaged at least two strokes gained per round in the restart. He has 22 rounds played. He's averaging 2.38. That is more than he was last week. He improved on his total from last week, where he was already the best player in the field in the restart. It's unbelievable stuff. And now with Bryson DeChambeau missing the cut last week, Daniel Berger is the only guy averaging over two strokes per round. It's incredible. Harris English makes a big jump, one point eight seven. He is now third. Justin Thomas is fourth. Webb Simpson is is fifth. Xander Shoffley is sixth. Couple of value guys here. Uh, Russ Russell Henley in the restart, so he's seventy eight hundred dollars this week. He is four, five, six, seven, eight. He's like ninth in the restart. Kevin Kisner is tenth. Matthew Fitzpatrick is eleventh. I mean, there are some value names here, especially when you're going to be able to get for guaranteed rounds. I mean, you can go through, I, I've had a ton of fun with this all, you know, last couple weeks I've been testing this out. You can do architect, you can do greens, you can do what rounds you want, you can do the tee time waves. You can, Like, go have at it. I think on a week-by-week basis, using it for greens and and the the architect and the type of course uh, is all very interesting. I like using the recent form, and this just makes it super easy for me to be able to do, and I hope it is easy for you to do as well. So that's the holy grail. I love it so far. More information coming. Let's jump over to the cheat sheet. Six golfers over $10,000 led by Justin Thomas. Nope, that's not right. Led by Dustin Johnson, excuse me, 11500 Is he worth the price? Well, you could make the argument he should probably be closer to 12000 considering he won in runaway fashion at the Northern Trust. He finished second at the PGA Championship. He won again in the restart. I think we are miles away from those 80, 80, 78 rounds. And I just, think that Dustin Johnson if you're trying to win a GPP um is certainly one of the most valuable golfers on the face of the earth because of that high ceiling. Yes, he has one of the lowest floors. We t- actually talked about that last week when we were going through the betting preview uh because the outright number was insane. He was 20 to 1. We all got on it. We all cashed those tickets. So like it, it's still the same this week, right? Like he could be the guy who goes out and shoots 30 under. He could be the guy I guess he wouldn't miss the cut, who finishes 65th, right? Like, we've seen that. I am much more uh, optimistic about Dustin Johnson, obviously, than I've been in a long time. I just think you have to get the the format right. Get into a format where, you know, you want that high upside Interested to see what his ownership comes in at, so we'll check over the next couple of days. I'll update the the projected ownership on rickrungood.com, and uh, we'll see where he comes in. Uh, You know, he's not necessarily the type of guy I want to get involved with when he's 25% owned, but I don't think we're going to get there. I think there's so many other great options that it'll kind of spread itself out. Um, My favorite option is probably Justin Thomas. I had that little slip there at the top because I was already thinking about JT at 10,800, Did he play well last week at the Northern Trust? I guess it it depends on what you would describe as well. Let's go over to his strokes gained database here. And we'll go back to the tournament and we will look up uh, JT. And I want to start with just last week. So last week, uh, he gains four and a half strokes from T to green. He loses four strokes putting. So let's look at uh, let's look at this here. If I get rid of just the Northern Trust, because what I want to do is I want to find, and I tweeted this out uh, last night. So if you saw this, you know where I'm going with it. You usually cannot hold down Justin's Justin Thomas's putter for very long. Now he n- notoriously wins the WGC. Uh, a couple of weeks ago by losing strokes putting he did not put well at the pga championship and he did not put well at the northern trust but if you use that four strokes loss number the last five times that he has lost at least four strokes putting the next event he finished second at the workday charity open he finished third at the waste management he finished 12th at the wgc fedex saint jude he finished second at the Tour Championship, and he won the PGA Championship. So that might be a little bit of cherry-picking. It might be, but I guess my my point is usually, for the most part, when he has a bad putting week, outside of the last two weeks, quite frankly— He usually follows it up with a good week. And the rest of his game is so good. From T to Green, he's so good. His ball striking is great. Like, if that's the only thing that's going to keep him down, I don't think you keep it down for very long. So he is a guy that I am already, early in the week, fairly focused on. Now, we'll see how this evolves over the course of the week. We get more information about the course, all that good stuff. But um, laser focused on JT at the moment. Bryson DeChambeau, he's 10,600. He's coming off a really, really ugly missed cut. Um, Do I think he's going to be able to bounce back? I do. I'm more optimistic about it. I mean, his approach game, it was bad. His putting was bad. The off the tee stuff was not as good as we've seen. I mean, it just... Everything was off. If I trust anyone to spend, you know, the two extra days that he got by missing the cut last week and then the time in between each event to figure things out, like I I trust Bryson to be able to do that again. Not usually a guy that has two bad events in a row, especially in this version of Bryson. I think it's an interesting opportunity to see what his ownership is and maybe buy him. Rory McElroy, um, if you've been following this channel, the pod, all that stuff. I have been very down on Rory McIlroy, and I believe it is warranted. The issue with Rory, and I've been saying this week over week, is that he has turned into essentially an average tour player with his irons since the restart. That's it. Um, Now, and that's a concern. It's a big concern. But what I saw last week at the Northern Trust, let's, let's throw Rory in here, gives me a little reason to be optimistic. Okay, so Rory McIlroy gains five strokes on approach at the Northern Trust. It is the best tournament that he has had in the restart in that category. Well, remember, that's the category that was the bugaboo. Now, unfortunately, off the tee stuff was bad. Uh, His putting was horrendous. He lost six and a half strokes putting, which if you look in my database, which goes back the last five years, second worst event he's ever had putting so do i think that the putter will bounce back of course i do if he can keep the irons uh, the way that he played uh this week that's a really good sign uh maybe he fixes the driver a little bit right i mean like look like look the guy lost almost a stroke off the tee is that going to happen again probably not i mean in the last five years he's only lost strokes off the tee four, five, six, like nine times. Like it just doesn't happen. He's one of the best players in the world. So when we talk about bounce back opportunities, there are good good bounce back opportunities. There are bad bounce back opportunities. It feels like Rory could be a good bounce back opportunity this week. And I've now gone, you know, seven weeks not feeling that way. I, I, I feel differently this week. I'm very interested to see how he actually performs at the BMW Championship. range. Um, Oh, by the way, Webb Simpson, I mean, Webb Simpson's 10100 and he's unbelievable. Like, I I know he was never really in contention at the Northern Trust, but, like, the guy ends up finishing, what, sixth? At a course that, like, didn't even really fit him all that well? I I mean, there's, there's very natural spots to play, Webb. I feel like now even in like the 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 unnatural spots he's playing well, it's it's unreal what he's able to do. He is correctly priced at ten thousand one hundred dollars. He will probably get no love this week. Uh but quite frankly, he should. I mean, now three top four top fifteen finishes in his last six starts. Like he didn't play well at the Memorial, which we kinda thought might happen. Like, it's just man, he's so good right now. Um, but I could live in the $9,000 range. You know, Xander, who I still feel like is close, Daniel Berger, who I've just been trying to bang the drum on him. He's, he's been the best player in the, in the restart. That's it. There, there's no question about it. He's been the best player. He's piling up top tens, top 15s all over the place. I mean, it's, it's remarkable stuff. Um, Morikawa's here. Day is here. I mean, Scotty Scheffler, I mentioned as, as Epat tweeted out, he's got a little bit of experience around, um, around Olympia fields. I mean, this is, I could live in this $9,000 range and, and feel fine about it. Let's talk about Tiger Woods. He's $8,600. Um, Tiger has a lot to do this week. Tiger has to finish in the top six to punch his ticket to East Lake. Uh, is that going to happen? I don't know. However, What we saw from him in his final round at the Northern Trust, and I'm going to pull this up here for you really quickly. It was uh, the best round we've seen from Tiger in the restart uh, in both statistically and to the eye test. Okay, so statistically, he gained three point three strokes total, which is literally his best round of twenty twenty. The way he did it, gaining strokes off the tee, uh, I believe, yes, this was his best round in the restart. Gaining strokes on approach, it was his second best round of 2020. Um, losing strokes, putting, but not a lot, that's that's fine, because if he gets the hot putt, like, that's, that's the profile of guys that we want, right? So he passes that test, and then he passes the eye test where, I'll tell you what, man, he looked like he had the look. He had the I know it was Sunday morning and nobody was out there and all that stuff but he kind of had the look. He went out and birdied his first what? Four holes. A little bit disappointing for him to par in his final nine, but you know the back nine is more difficult. Um he was out of it. It was Sunday. I mean, I can make a lot of excuses for him, but If Tiger plays like he played Sunday at the Northern Trust for two, three, maybe even four rounds at the BMW Championship, we're going to be talking about him being in contention of this golf tournament. So it's interesting. I know it was an 8.55 a.m. tee time on Sunday that didn't mean anything, but he's had a lot of tee times in the restart that haven't meant anything. And this is the best one we've seen. Can he carry it over? Does he even want to get to Eastlake? Like his best, the best outcome for Tiger might be finish seventh at the BMW, uh, feel like you played great, not have to play back-to-back-to-back weeks and be ready for Foot. Like that might be the best outcome for him. And if you're talking about from a fantasy perspective, uh, you know, he's... $8,600, Eighty six hundred dollars if he finishes seventh, that would be a big win. So um, I, I'm definitely, you know, I think last week Rory was on the fade uh, video, Tiger was on the fade video. I am more op- those guys will not be on the fade video this week. I'm much more optimistic after one, you know it's it's a small scale uh, about those guys this week than I than I certainly was last week. Let's look at Matthew Wolf. Matthew Wolf is. 8200 dollars and he, I believe he's going to be one of the most popular golfers on the slate and I believe that that's correct. Uh so l- last week he was fairly popular. He shot a 77 on Saturday. Uh what was the field average like 69? So so he's 8 shots worse than the field average. Oh yeah, 7.6 worse than the field average. Like it, i don't know what happened it was really bad nothing went right for him i was very impressed to see that he bounced back with a 67 on sunday played much better so so if you get rid of that that round of 77 he went 65 67 67 that would have been 4 8 uh 6 14 under in three rounds like that's i mean when when 14 under finished t11 That means if he goes 14 under in three rounds and then shoots essentially the field average on Saturday, he would have been 16 under and a tie for six. Like, I know that that's, like, if he would have went 20 under, he would have won the golf tournament, right? Like, I know it's silly to do it that way, but that's, I'm trying to put this into perspective for you, how good he was for three out of four rounds. He has the history at Olympia Fields, his game maturing right in front of our eyes. He's going to be incredibly popular. I believe it is warranted um i will just differentiate in other spots where i have wolf in my lineup i will differentiate uh other guys other situations who else is here bottom of the eights oh i'll tell you what alex norin um i don't know if this is low key or not but has been really good four straight top 25s three of them are top 10s and one of them, which one was, it? I guess he got to the PGA championship like late. So he, I don't even know if he was on the slate for DraftKings Kings, uh, by the time that thing teed off, finished 22nd there. He is just low key popping up everywhere. He's $7,900. If you're comparing him against like a Matthew Fitzpatrick, who, who's missed his last two cuts, a Gary Woodland who missed the cut at the Northern trust and has, you know, dwindled around in the fifties for two starts previous to that, like. I think I like Alex Noren better than both of those guys, quite frankly. Uh, Russell Henley's here, back-to-back top tens. I showed you Russell Henley's numbers earlier. He um, He's a great ball striker. You know, he's playing well in the restart here. I bet you, actually, I bet he's probably one of the best iron players in the restart. Let me run this. All right, so we'll go over to the Holy Grail here, and we will do, since the restart, so I do 6-1, because that's easy for me to remember, and then let's sort by approach. Yeah. Okay, look at this. Russell Henley, 1.2 strokes gained on approach in the restart. It is the second most of anybody on tour. Wes Bryan is first, uh, but it is the most of anyone in this field. Uh, Speaking of which, if we just do in this field here, Henley is first. Thomas is second. Tiger Woods is third. Joaquin Neiman is fourth. Victor Hovland is fifth. Let's do T to green in the restart. JT is first henley is second burger is third rom fourth dj fifth hovland sixth interesting scotty scheffler's up there harris english up there of course interesting okay cool ryan palmer oh low key okay uh we'll get to ryan palmer at 7600 uh, i guess we could do it right now this guy's having a much better season than anyone wants to even acknowledge so we just showed up there on the t-degree numbers in the restart he finished second at the Mo- memorial 15th at the WGC, he made the cut to PGA Championship, he finished 8th again at the Northern Trust. He had he has had a weird season, right? He was in contention until his approach shot into the 72nd hole at the Sony Open. He was in the final group at Tory Pines, he melted down. But like he has been in contention way more often than a lot of people would like you to believe. He has $7,600. Like, what does his playoff history look like? I'm going to try to do, um, let's do all dates. Let's do, let's just do playoff events here. So I want to sort by tournaments that are, so I want the BMW championship. And if you hold control, you can select multiple. So we need the Deutsche Bank. We need the Dell Technologies. We need, what else do we need? Tour championship. Okay, the Barclays, the Northern Trust. I'll have to consolidate these. The tour Tour championship. Is that all of them? Did I get them all? I think I got all of them. Uh, let's just say those events. Those events in the last five years. Oh, of course. Dustin Johnson, number one in strokes gained total. 1.38 right behind him. John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Paul Casey. He, I, I actually like Paul Casey, but he tweeted out he was running on fumes uh, from the last like like six weeks in a row now uh but he's up there jason day rory i mean i guess these are a lot of big names the first one that pops off that's not a big name is sebastian munoz he's 6300 he only has eight rounds compared to some of these other guys that have like 80 rounds like jay D- dustin johnson has 80 rounds in the last five years in playoff events um kokrak surprisingly is up here so kokrak 7500 he's played 52 rounds in the playoffs he's like 15th on this list that could be interesting again there's there's there are some parallels we can take from playoff events where they're, you know, it's the pressure, it is the situation with the FedEx Cup standings, um, all that good stuff. Obviously, different courses rotating all around, but like, you know, you can you can glean some things from it. Um, speaking of Jason Kokrak, he is here last three years of the BMW Championship again, different course, three top twenties, nineteenth, nineteenth, seventeenth. That would be pretty valuable at seventy five hundred bucks, especially because that guy's got work to do. Uh, I think he got in basically on the number like 68, 69, something like that. So he's going to have to go out and shoot. Some, he's going to have to like, I don't know, top five, this event maybe to move on, um, to, to East Lake. So he's got some work to do Mackenzie Hughes and even 7,000. Um, I think Mackenzie Hughes is a great bomb, right? Like let's do, let's do his player profile here. If you are looking for consistency, you should just fast forward through this part because uh, that's not going to be what Mackenzie Hughes provides. You know, he is a guy who missed, what is that, nine, is you know, seven straight cuts from the Sony Open to Pebble Beach? Not good. Now, the restart... Uh, and just before the shutdown, were a lot better. He finished second at the Honda. Might have found something there because then he finished third at the Travelers. That was in the restart. He finished sixth at the Memorial. He finished thirteenth at the Northern Trust. So he's gonna kind of he's gonna burn you a lot. He's not gonna miss a cut this week, but. You know, he can finish 58th or 8th, and that is pretty valuable in a high upside setting for only $7,000. Taylor Gooch, similarly, um, he's been a bit more consistent, doesn't have the upside of Mackenzie Hughes, but four top 25 finishes in his last six starts, the other two are missed cuts. So, like, decide what you want here. Uh, Gooch, very interesting plug-and-play option at $6,600. And honestly, this week... There's some poor names down here, but, um, you know, this is the best of the $6,000 range that you could get. So I I personally feel I've, I've not built any lineups yet. I feel like stars and scrubs is a great approach in the playoffs. Try to jam two of those guys up top in, try to get two of the guys down here who might be playing well. I mean, Sebastian Munoz has been my path to victory for two straight weeks at the 500k. I've had live lineups uh all week long there he burned me at the Wyndham uh he played much better at the Northern Trust the rest of my lineup didn't go my way Emiliano Grio burned me last week but um he's playing well it's hard for him to put it together for four rounds he can't do it for four rounds but two rounds at a time might be a showdown play quite frankly um he can he can do it Harry Higgs is interesting and and I don't know if I actually let's look up let's look up Harry Higgs's profile because if you remember And I pointed this out a couple of weeks ago. Um, Harry Higgs was, uh, by far, he was like the worst player of the restart for the first eight weeks. It was really, really bad. Now, he just made the—oh, see, I'm not going to buy back in on this. All right, so he goes—the Northern Trust, he finishes 11th after missing four straight cuts from Wyndham— To the workday, he finished 70th at the Rocket Mortgage, missed the cut at the Traveler. Like, it's been a bad restart for Harry Higgs. My problem is, he was basically field average in every category except the putting. He gained almost six strokes putting, second best event of his career. I will not be buying back in on Harry Higgs, so maybe he shows up as a fade this week. I don't know how many people were expecting to play him. He's only 6,100, so he is cheap. But if I was looking for a cheap option, I would probably go other places, even like a, let's look up Mav McNeely real quick because he was absolutely brutal on the greens last week, I believe. Oh no, sorry. I switched it. He was brutal everywhere but the greens. <laughs> Gained 9.6 strokes putting. Yeah, that's not going to happen again. So, man, really ugly, uh, very bottom here. But like Munoz at 63 is interesting. Tyler Duncan, Robbie Shelton, I could kind of get behind that. Strelman at, at 64. Those are those are viable guys. I don't think you need to go down to them to the min price, but you could go pretty low and not feel terrible about it, especially in the no-cut setting let's do a quick model real quick and quite frankly we don't have any history for um for olympia fields so i'm gonna kind of speculate a little bit here all right so as always uh i'm a t to green guy so give me 40 weights in t to green uh par 4s yeah it's a par 70 so let's do uh 25 there In a no-cut event, I want guys that are going to be making uh, a ton of birdies or at least have the opportunity to do so. You throw an eagle or two in there, really jumps up your scoring. So give me 25 in birdie or better, and that leaves me with 10. Where will I go with my final 10? Um, I don't want to double count some of the strokes gained numbers. Let's Let's just do driving distance. I feel like that could work. And let's run this model for the BMW Championship and my number one ranked golfer, Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, Justin Thomas is second. Rory McIlroy is third. Rom is fourth. Xander is fifth. Actually, DJ doesn't even show up here until sixth. That's kind of surprising. Uh, any value here? I mean, Hatton at eighty three hundred. He's inside my top probably twelve. Although this mostly aligns with uh, the top players here. I mean, I guess I guess the the, the value starts at. Maybe Harris English or Adam Scott, Cam Champ at 7,500. He's in my top like 18 or so. So there's some guys here. Ryan Palmer does show up too. I mean, this might be a week where it's more about roster construction with the no cut aspect of it, with the good guys down at the min price or or the low, you know, sub 7,000. I shouldn't say the min. So this might be a roster construction week, but that's my model. You can go in here, tinker around and see what you want, see who you like, but that'll do it for this week's BMW championship, two events left in this season. And we are not stopping. We are rolling right into next year. Uh, Lots of great stuff coming. If you have any questions, any comments, any suggestions, tweet me at Rick Rungood, leave a comment below. Best of luck this week. I'll talk to you guys soon.